Welcome to Spiritual Fertility. I am your host, Allison Buckland. I am a mother to a miracle and a highly intuitive and transformational teacher, coach, and healer. I believe that each of our life experiences shape us, providing valuable lessons from which we can transform, expand, and evolve in this lifetime. When we are armed with the right tools to bring about our own self-awareness and shine a light upon some of our most darkest experiences, we then begin to experience an awakening and rebirth, a reinvention of ourselves and the conscious awareness to take action and co-create the path ahead. Join me each week and listen in to hear my guests' impactful stories along with their empowering tools to ignite and inspire. I'm providing a supportive, fun, and collaborative space to collectively initiate and motivate change within you, spark your curiosity, and bring hope and inspiration to your own soul's path. I'm excited for you to join me and see what we can discover. Okay, this is so exciting. Uh, This is Spiritual Fertility, the podcast, and I am your host, Allison Bucklin, and I am back for another joyful episode where I get the opportunity to speak with somebody that I've followed her story and her journey, and I just knew that she was somebody that I wanted to invite on to speak with me, and I just cannot wait for you to meet her. This is another person that I was connected with on LinkedIn. So many years ago, um, we connected actually for a phone call. We connected on a few things, but I will let her share a little bit about her journey now. It is full of fertility and joy and spirituality and fun and dancing and the intention that has come forth for this episode is really being in touch with your body and what we'd like to come through is that being in tune with yourself that self-awareness that you have no matter how you're feeling is allowing yourself to feel what's in your body and to do something that allows you to release any type of stuck energy or burden or blah feeling. So we want to encourage all of the listeners to be in touch with your body, move your body. And before I actually introduce my next guest, something I forgot to do ahead of time that I want to do now is really take the opportunity to block out any and all interference across any time, space, planes, lives, dimensions, all levels of consciousness so that what comes through in our conversation is of the highest light and love. And so let me introduce you this bio of Diana Wynn. She is a comedian, a creative entrepreneur, and known on LinkedIn as Dancing Diana. Her mantra is joy. Boy, is she infectious with that joy. And how to shift through the muck quickly by using the body as the tool to seek joy. Spoke at her first TEDx talk, Joy is My Caffeine Joyful and ask the audience to be their own joyful person. Diana is taking her new comedy show, Sunny Side Up Around Australia, and here she deep dives about finding herself single at 38, walking the Camino to heal, moving the body, and then freezing her eggs as a realization, 
and she snorts also. So we'll, we'll, we'll probably get to hear some of that. Hi, Diana. Hi. I just got really emotional hearing you talk about my last eight months of my life. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like I really did walk to heal. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to hear about that and to share your fertility journey. But let's take a step back to where it all started, little Diana, yes. and your desires and what 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 you do and and how you moved into the space that you are in now. Because when we spoke, you know, in twenty twenty, um, you had been in the industry that you're in, but I've since witnessed like in my eyes and perspective, seeing you just light up and blow up. So take us back to how you were as a child, what your desires were, which kind of led to you to what you're doing now. Yeah. Well, I grew up with two Vietnamese refugee parents who met in Australia, fell in love and had three daughters. And I'm the eldest of the three. And, you know, when I talk about how I moved into the arts is because of my mum. Unfortunately, we grew up with a domestic violent home. And we moved around a lot. My mum and my two sisters, we had to stay in women's refuges. And in this one particular refuge was a ballet school next to the house. And I talk about it in my TED TEDx talk, this ballet music would flow into the backyard and my mum heard my face change. And so she enrolled me into ballet classes. And I think that was the seed that I could do something like this artistically professionally <laughs> I was never going to be a, a ballerina um but I could use the arts to help me when things weren't okay and so I realize now you know my my career spanning the last 19 years is that um the arts has literally saved my life um because I can move through it I can um uh, we be reflective of it and and you know have different perspectives of it but yeah I, I'm so grateful that um, I've been able to even though in hard times with my family growing up that I've been able to use it as a tool to get through life and so yeah it's been a constant move <laughs> um, but yeah I, I studied drama and theatre in high school disappointed my mum by doing that because I was meant to be a doctor or pharmacist and make make the money um, but because of my mum planting that seed and my, my house karaoke was always loud you know the surround sound was always booming because that was my mother's way to connect with her homeland you know being a refugee and leaving a country like you leave your your heart broken that you have to leave your home and so how do you feel your home and it's so interesting you know during COVID when we were in lockdown, I, I'm not sure like how restricted we were during lockdown, but in Australia, in our homes, we went to the arts to to make our homes um, bloom. You know, we go, we go home to eat food or to sleep, but our houses became our offices. Our houses became where we found sanctuary from COVID-19. Um, and so my mom did exactly the same thing when I was growing up, like music was pulsating in our house. Like I play piano, she bought a piano so I could play and have the house always moving in music. And um, yeah, I'm very grateful that um, I decided to go to uni uh, and be a performer and look at me now, here I am. And that's how we've met because I was dancing on LinkedIn. <laughs> You were dancing Diana on LinkedIn. I was like, who is this woman? Just 
owning it and dancing everywhere and growing your following and dressing up as a clown and going to visit kids in the hospital and you know having karaoke all-nighters to raise money for for your show i mean just this like a uh, vibrant person and i didn't even realize this until you were talking i'm the oldest of three girls also so we have that firstborn you know girls yeah right yeah we're the leaders we're the leaders of our family yeah we are the leaders of our family and so you've taken a lot of your life experiences right with your mom and growing up and your sisters and your family and you've turned that into what you speak about right and what you talk about tell us a little bit about some of the projects that that you've had the opportunity to do which is amazing yeah i've been very lucky i think um you know the the creative entrepreneur i call myself the creative entrepreneur because i love creating and producing and seeing things grow and then for me that's where I think my optimism comes from it's like well we've got to grow this even if it's dead we've got to grow it it's like we've got to change it um so Fee and me um, my web series it's about growing up with a Vietnamese mother it's it's not based on a true story but based on many stories of young people here in Australia who grow up with um grow up in a second generation family and that um you know, trying to figure out the expectations of parents and how to be yourself, you know, be very aware that you don't need to be burdened by your parents' trauma, <laughs> um, but you can love them. Um, and so Fee and Me is a comedy. I just want to let everyone know it is a comedy. Um, and so that's been a great joy of mine. It's been a 13-year journey, um, and I use LinkedIn as a way to crowdfund the show uh, and share it around the world, like, like, because of LinkedIn, people are wearing our T-shirts. Yeah, it's a award-winning show that we are hoping to make into a TV show into the future. Um, the Snorkast was also a LinkedIn project. We went into COVID and I thought, how can we get laughter on LinkedIn? So I interviewed comedians and talked about the process of comedians and how to write a joke and how to engage audiences. And I found that was the missing link that people think comedians just get on stage and be funny, which we can, but it is a process like in every career, you need to train yourself, you need to um, do the admin, you need to pay yourself, you need to debrief, you need to create the products. And it was really a great way of the LinkedIn community who are in corporate or small business, understanding that the arts is also a business too. And so that that was also great for me to, um, share that on a business platform uh, but yeah I also work as a clown doctor as you mentioned and um, it's one of the great joys of my life to be invited to perform in a hospital room that has one child uh, I, it's a full honor um, I don't I try not to talk much about it because you know, um, it's, a sacred, it's a sacred place, isn't it, to be invited into a room. And I performed an MC New Year's Eve with 6,000 people, but I get the same exact joy when I perform to a parent and their child. And that's where I've really um, transformed and transitioned myself as I'm not doing this, this career that I have is no longer about seeking the fame. Like it's really um, my art practice and you know, why I do what I do to exist. And so joy, joy is a language. Yeah. 
Joy is a language and you have had many transitions, as you said, transformations, you've birthed new creations along the way. I mean, that's what this podcast is all about. But there's a couple aspects that I want to touch on now. You, before we were talking, um, I asked you about uh, a little bit about your fertility journey. I mean, and really that question that sits inside of us that for me sat inside me as well, always knowing and desiring that I wanted to be a mom. So tell us about that. I mean, and your, and your journey to being motherly and being a mom. Well, when my dad left, um, I, you know, being the eldest of three daughters, I had to take on the dad role. And so I just knew how to take care of my sisters. My mom had mental health issues and I had to step up. And I think that's why I kind of lost my childhood very early. Like I had to be an adult um, and take care of my sisters. And I, I became maternal very early in my life. And then I remember in, when I was 17 in my year 12 yearbook, I wrote in the ambition section when I, in 10 years time, I want to be married with 10 children. That was when I was 17. And that's 19 years ago that I was, you know, but it hasn't happened, which I'm glad because that would really not help with overpopulation right now. (laughs) And the economy, oh my goodness, I would not be able to afford it. But I've always known I wanted to be a mum. I think it comes from that you know, the how, um, the seed. I just want to see something grow. Um, and I've always wanted to waddle with a child inside of me. That's something. And I, and I always believe that giving birth is probably the, my biggest theatrical performance that I'll ever do in my life. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and also transferring the joy that I have and cutting the intergenerational trauma and and giving that and giving whatever I have, in my body to my child, like I, I really do believe in the um, the system of the three, which is the grandmother, the mother, and the child. And um, I've worked really hard the last four years to cut the intergenerational trauma that's been passed down, which is war. Like Vietnam has been in war for centuries. And the Vietnam War was in my grandmother and my mother, and it's also in me. I, I feel it into in me as well, not just because I'm, I'm an ox and um, I'm fiery, but... I know the war is seeped in my blood system uh, and it, it, there's good qualities of war, but it's also very bad qualities of war. And so for me, I, I can't wait to just like look at my child and, and um, yeah, and, and just be in their learning. Yeah. And, and maybe, you know, live the childhood that I didn't get lived. I know they say you shouldn't you know, live through your child, but I would love to see the joy that they have. Yeah. Well, it's it's an opportunity. I mean, you talked about intergenerational trauma that exists, certainly that's been passed down. There's intergenerational gifts that are passed down as well. Um, but I think from from my perspective and, and having that desire and always knowing as you are like feeling it, knowing that I was going to look at my child one day and it took me a lot, as I've talked about, uh, four and a half years, 11 fertility attempts, miscarriage, all the, all the things. But it also gives you that opportunity to break that trap, to like rewrite the script on, yes, your, your, your inner child comes up and things that you may have 
missed out on or the trauma that you've experienced. But as a self-aware person, and we talked before about all of the things that that different tools that bring you self-awareness as a self-aware person and as we evolve and grow and learn i mean you get to find out like where you can draw the line and be like nope mm -mm, i i'm not i'm not doing this because i want me to be lived through her it's that she's her own person and it's so rewarding to be able to separate that after acknowledging, okay, no, I'm not going to, so many people do, you're not supposed to live through your children, but sometimes that can be inherent and passed down that you don't even know. But once you wake up and become conscious and aware and you, you reach those goals and do those things and have that there, you get to be like, okay, you're your own unique person. I can, I can pass down my gifts, but I can also break that chain of different different things that I don't want to pass down. So it will come. <laughs> it will. And and that's why um yeah, I decided to freeze my eggs. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So you decided to freeze your egg. Well, we'll get to that because I want to know about your spiritual journey because you're a spiritually open person and you evolved that way throughout your whole life. So talk a little bit about maybe some of the 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 roots of um, your spirituality and um, what how that has shaped you in your healing and in your moving and your body, um, how that all comes together. And then we'll get to the realization of the egg freezing and how that came about too. So yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, when we talked before, I, I realized I was very spiritual because I keep going to the Camino. And on the Camino, I I had the full realization that um, it is it is a gift that's been gifted to me by my father. So my dad was a he was born into um, the temple. So he was a a, a young Buddhist monk. Um, and because of the war, and as as I said, like and you said before, like you get these gifts. Like I wouldn't be Australian if my if the war hadn't happened, and I wouldn't be who I am today. And so. Um, you know, in the, in the war, the Vietnam War, my dad had to leave the monastery because monks were getting prosecuted, like religion was being prosecuted in Vietnam. And so he became a, a civilian and then met my mother and they had the three children. And he's gone back into the religion and, yeah, and hence why my mum became a single mum with three children. But, yeah, in that, in that um, realisation, I realised that the reason why my dad might have gone back to the religion was that he wanted peace and that was his way of finding peace was to get away from the noise and um I, yeah and, and I, I realized like good on you for doing that but you could have meditated maybe <laughs> but um but in my own journey and I think I forgot to mention to you like like I've walked the Camino but I also have learned about breath work and doing yoga and I've done holotropic breath work, which, which is like taking ayahuasca drugs, but it's not, and you trance for three hours. And like I have had so many beautiful visions of sunflowers and nature and being in the universe and floating. Um, and that I'm getting goosebumps talking about it because um, I'm in control of it from my own breathing, like my own breath. 
allows me to activate these visions. And some people might be really watching this going, what the hell is she talking about? But um, holotropic breathwork is using your um, breath to start the engine so that you can um, go into another vortex um, without using drugs. And people take ayahuasca to do that. But I, breath work is so key to me functioning. And that's why moving my body is so important because it regulates my breathing, um, especially when you're in fight and flight mode. I like when I move, I'm 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 back. I'm back present. I'm here, and and also um, it activates my. I can be stupid, like I don't have to be perfect. I feel like I'm also a perfectionist as well. So when I'm dancing, there's there's no rhythm, but me. <laughs> and so yeah, it's been. Interesting, like spirituality, right? Like it can come in different forms. Talked about it before. It can, you know, come in your primal animals, the year that you're born. Right. There's so many different tools and methodology, and I think it kind of goes back to being curious, right, about where we're led. And breathwork has been certainly a key for me, and numerology and astrology, and like these different areas and tools and your birth chart and, and human design. And there's so many amazing things and opportunities that are out there for us that bring us that transformation or enlightenment or, you know, um, I guess that self-awareness, but also that like inner peace and ways to release our body, which goes back to the intention that we set. We talked about dancing and how you move that, but breath work is another way to release from your body. Um, I practice Reiki and I also practice, you know, different modalities to actually move the energy through my body and out as I, after I'm grounded and just like push it out and do the protection. And yeah, I mean, spirituality, it's different for everyone. I mean, it's, it's, we all have our own unique journey and our own path. And so tell us about um, another way to move your body is walking. We talked about that. So tell us about the Camino. I mean, I, I've gotten to witness it through the social media and your journey, but tell us about that. Cause this was the second time you've done it. Yeah. So um, uh, in June, 2023 is a relationship that I was very invested in all in. I'm an all in person ended um, because we were on two different wavelengths and it was just better to end it than try to prolong it, um, prolong the breakup. And in that I also um, was devastated by the breakup because I really thought he was the one who was going to give me the 10 children. <laughs> and I remember on the third day, oh, I still, the third day of the breakup, I accidentally might have been hyperventilating in my breath and started to do my own breath work by myself. I remember that I was on my fours trying to push something out of my body, like it was a birthing of something. It was, it was extraordinary. I talked to my friend who's a breathwork practitioner and she's like, oh, I think you might have, you might have gone into your own thing because breathwork you have to do facilitated with other people to protect you. Um, and I, I just felt this birthing, like I needed to birth something out of me. And then something in that said, I, I think you got to go back to Spain and you got to walk. You got to go and heal from this. Um, and it, June in Melbourne, Australia is winter. And so I didn't want to lie in bed and mourn. And I have, I know myself very well that 
I'm at this age of 38 and my last relationship ended when I was 34 years old. But at 38, I cannot sit and mourn a relationship for a year or two that I needed to be so proactive and get that energy of my heart being broken. I needed to move it as fast as I could and I did. And so that was the Camino, walking 300 kilometres on the Camino de Santiago um, through the Meseta, which is where the, the sunflowers are. And it's the toughest part of the Camino. Um, the Camino comes in three stages. Um, there's the physical, emotional and the spiritual phase. And so I decided just to go straight to the emotional, not knowing that the moment I walked, I would hit the emotional and physical at the same freaking time. <laughs> And it was the three, the first three days, um, my glutes were burning. I was crying to God, which is really funny. But I literally stood in the field, in this Spanish farm field in 40 degree heat wave with my 12 kilo backpack, crying to God and saying, please help me. Please. I know it was, and he, he, he or she did come because after that, um, yeah, like, sheer exhaustion and seeking help like I knew I couldn't do this on my own I really asked the universe to help me get to the albergue um a hostel that um that you stay in on this journey and after that trip the trip flipped yeah and someone was there on that trip with me it's like um yeah someone was helping me get to that albergue in 40 degree heat wave um but yeah I highly recommend walking like would you walk through Spain in 40 degree heat um I I will not say no to that um I am open to adventure as a core value certainly I think that that's healing I mean I'm open to I was curious when I saw you and I'm like oh that would be amazing so um yeah I would I would do that I think for me, what the Camino does is it takes off all the noise and you just have your backpack of the things that you need in your life, which is eight kilos, and you walk, you eat, you sleep. That's the whole Camino. How long did it take? Um, so my first Camino I did in 2017 took 33 days and I did 800 kilometres. Um, and the second trip was 13 days, 300 kilometres. So I averaged about 25 to 30 kilometres a day. And at the end, and this is why I love the Camino so much, and people are like, oh, just go hike in your backyard, like go on a coastal hike. And I was like, okay, can you tell me that at the end of a walk that you will get a $4 bottle of red wine waiting for you at the end of your walk every day? And that's Spain. This walk, you have a, a, a glass of red wine, you conk out and sleep, and you do this process again and yeah, and the sun's out, guaranteed every day. <laughs> wow. And you purposely did this to move you through your body so that you could heal your broken heart and move forward to the next phase of your life. And what was the big uh, the big realization that you had? Um, I had two big realizations is number one, I'm not an I'm not a prude. I'm pretty sexy. <laughs> I, I I just needed to, you know, when you go through a breakup, you feel like, oh, like I'm 38. I'm like, I'm not in my twenties anymore. This is not a 20 year old breakup. I'm like in my thirties, like does, would anyone desire me? And I, so I had to reactivate that fire in me. 
and in the second the second big realization was was um how was I going to have this baby like going to meet the one and hopefully he comes or number two turkey baster number three freeze it and after 300 kilometers um after 300 kilometers we realize are we going to freeze the eggs yeah had that thought been in your mind before or you just assumed you were always going to it was going to be with somebody and that my ex and this is when I realized that something wasn't right in our relationship was um probably halfway through the relationship with my ex he said have you thought about freezing your eggs and I was like oh that's a sign yeah <laughs> yeah uh when your partner on your because on our first date and, and we're still good friends but um yeah I always go he tricked me because on our first date I said I want to be in a relationship and have a family and he said yes and then it kind of egress to maybe we should freeze your eggs and then and essentially I was like and then you know four or five months after that conversation I was like I think I don't think you're the right person for me yeah um yeah but so I the reason why I froze my eggs was because I do want to I do want to share this experience with someone um I know I can do it on my own I've done everything on my own and all my friends are like we will support you but I, I, there is, um, there is this inside of me. I would love to share this with another human so I can get my sleep at night as well. Someone else is also responsible for this human being. <laughs> but that's why, I've, that's why I froze it so that I will not rush and have a baby with just with anyone. And that's the, that's my, um, my number one rule. I will make sure that this person that I have a child with, that we will come out being friends have a friendship as well not just because you're the you're the 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 sperm donor that I need and I need it now Um, I'm not desperate I need to make sure that this man that I share it with I can be with him for 18 years whether that be inside the relationship or outside the relationship and that's very important to me for sure yeah for sure and isn't it I mean perspective is everything right we look back and we go through all of these things but the purpose of that relationship you know, served in your life that that pathway to, you know, igniting joy and and all of the things and love and all of the things that you experience with that. But you had the courage to just recognize that it wasn't going to be it. And that takes courage. And then here, path forward, you're walking the Camino again and and having these revelations sexy and you're going to freeze your eggs. Right. Yeah. My ex, who I, I, I still adore and still love, but as a friendship, um, he, I've been in five relationships um, over the span of my adulthood life and I've always improved in the men. And my best friends have always said, Toby, my ex-partner, he, um, he was a very good human being and he loved you. And so for me, I, I feel like I was meant to meet him so that I could realise what love I deserved. And so um, I've learned from that journey and I can't wait yes. because I will not, you know, like you, love, love can come in different forms. Love can be beautiful, but love can be also be toxic if it's not attached in the right way. Um, and so for me, my ex-partner has set the benchmark for me. Like I need love at that level and beyond and I will never reset myself to be where I was 10 years ago. Yeah, so you always learn something for all all relationships right um 
And unfortunately, I didn't get his sperm. So we're all good. We're all good. <laughs> well, when you when you step forward, and that is this process too. I mean, speaking to those that will listen to this and hear this, that are single women who desire children and who are at that place in time where it's like, okay, I need to make a decision on whether or not I'm going to freeze my eggs or not, or continue the process moving forward because it's an individual decision, but it, it takes courage to do that. And it takes in every aspect to just follow those nudges and what your desires are and what your dreams are for yourself. And your eggs are there, right? It's, it's there just as a, you never know what the future will bring. You never know. But what did you, you discovered in that process? And I know going through that, it's not an easy process to, to take that fertility journey and to produce your eggs and the hormones and what it does to your body and moving. And you, and you discovered also some, something about your health that you weren't aware of as well. Yeah, so once I came back from Europe, I was proactive. Mum was waiting. She was like, freeze your eggs. And so she she said, I'll pay for your egg freezing because she's very anxious. Like, I'm her eldest daughter. She, she wants to make sure that I'm taken care of and I have this family. Um, and so I was very proactive. And while I was in Europe, I reached out to friends who had been doing IVF. And, you know, they say it, it takes a village to raise a child. I really think it takes a village to raise um to do the egg freezing like you need community around you to to lift you up constantly and especially being a single woman like I needed a village to get me through it but uh yeah so I was really proactive got to my IVF doctor and I said to him I want to I want to get this done as soon as possible um because I've got comedy festival season coming up um and also I was curious about my body like what what was happening to it and um yeah he asked me an interesting question, which I didn't think would be the diagnosis eventually it would come out, but he said, how's your periods tracking? Like, what is it like? And I said to him, oh, on the second day, it's a very full period. And at nighttime I have to wear like a diaper just because I'm known to overflow. And I just thought that was normal. I had very bad period cramps and I would take a paracetamol just to ease the pain. Uh, and he, he had a question mark and said, oh, uh, instead of a, just an ultrasound, I'll get you a specialist ultrasound. And um, while my the technician was inside me with her wand, <laughs> she literally said this quote for quote, right? Um, oh, there's a spread of endo inside you. And I was like, what? I, yeah, it's a, as she said, it's a spread of Vegemite. Uh, and Vegemite is Australian, um, uh, like a peanut butter. And, um yeah, and she said, yeah, you've got, it looks like you've got some cloud on your uterus. And, and I was like, what? And so I'm really glad that she kind of, um, it, it wasn't confirmed, but because when I went to see the doctor the next day to get my results, I, it wasn't like a shock horror, um, but I, I was like, okay. And he said, yeah, you've got endometriosis. It's not great, especially with your age, but uh, you get 75% off your egg freezing. <laughs> and being Asian, we love a discount, like we do. But, yeah, for, but the, the the greatest outcome from that was that I got to learn that since I was 13 my period wasn't right and what I was going through wasn't normal. And I and we talked about this, like how we make things normal for ourselves. Um, I, I'm so glad that 
that ultrasound and my egg freezing journey has allowed me to go, okay, so it's not all perfect down there, but that's good to know. Um, we'll just be hyper aware when we do decide to have a family that it might be a bit harder or whatever it is, but it's not in this false hope like, oh, it's going to magically shoot up and I'll be pregnant like um, Mary and Joseph, like, you know. <laughs> Right, right, right. Yes, like there you go. Okay. Um, um, so it's, it's made me feel aware that, I, and I feel I've got more ownership on my body now since knowing all of this stuff. Wow, what a gift! It is. It is. Um, and you know, you've. It's such an intrusive, perceived process. Um, I found, I felt, I felt coming off the hormones was actually the. I didn't have a great time. I was fine with the hormones. I think I was addicted to the hormones and the hormone withdrawals really affected me. Again, and eventually I had to say, well, just cry. You just have to you have to let the body do what it needs to do. And it, she cried a lot. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's this journey. And like uh, when I went through it many years ago, like, I, I mean, I look back now and I've even come to realize that um, there's trauma associated with that process and the, what I was putting into my body and the guilt, like, I didn't even know all this when I was just moving through, right? You're just moving through, going through, but it is an emotional process. It's a physical process. It's a spiritual process. I mean, those things, and that's going to continue to evolve and grow, um, along, along the way. And you have six eggs on ice now. Yeah. I had an egg dancing party to celebrate my six eggs and also mourn the five eggs that didn't make it. Um, and we danced, danced all night until 3 a.m. in the morning with a bunch of friends. So, yeah, they're there. And if I need them, and I do say to anyone, and, and I actually had started the egg freezing process when I was 33, 34 years old, um, but COVID hit in 2020 stopped everything and I, I wish I wish I had followed through because my eggs would have been four or five years younger but um, I do say to women like if there is a curiosity follow follow it just book an appointment have a discussion because you never know what you learn about your body and maybe when I was 33 34 I would have known I had endometriosis and it might have reframed everything else but now that I know yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful that I've learned more about my body. And that's the biggest lesson. You can't hide. You can't hide from your body, can you? <laughs> no, 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 no. And that is of itself like a spiritual journey and body and what we bring from generations and ancestrally and what the world tells us and what we learn growing up. I mean, that's a whole nother discussion for sure. But yeah, that was my next question. What advice would you give to other women and follow that curiosity and do it? Yeah. I've just, if you know, you want to be a mother, just do it. Yeah. It's not, uh, uh, and if it's a maybe, and I actually had a, a coffee with a friend before a hot chocolate, cause I don't drink coffee, but um. She said she's maybe and she's 33 and I said, well, and she's in a relationship and I said, well, yeah, if you don't, it's a maybe and you've got the money, why not? Um, I think also us women in the generation that we are, we're very different from when, you know, 50, 100 years ago, people married people in their village and, you know, you, you, you married the neighbour, but now we're in this world where there's so much choice and freedom, which can have 
positivity and you know, negative replications of having too much choice. But if you know that that you're meant to carry a child and love a child and um, and ha- have a family, then that choice is very easy and take care of it. And, you know, we're ambitious women. We're not sitting around just birthing children. You're doing a podcast. You have a job. I have a job where that, that, that generation has completely changed from being a village person or a towns person to, you know, living our dreams now. And sometimes, and I, you know, I do question maybe the school system needs to change the way they teach sex ed um, and particularly for women, like I wish I'd learned more about uh, my ovaries and, um, you know, my orgasms <laughs> and how to put a condom on and a banana. Like, you know, I, I think I would have been more mature and more aware about my body and, and, um, and gifting it to another human being if I knew about what my body does. I think that's the gap. It's full, I've been like fully thinking about how do we change this generation so that the next generation don't go in clueless like we did. For sure. For sure. Well, I mean, I found out about all that, like in not a good way, in a traumatic way. It's not thing, anything that I am willing to share yet because I haven't really been open with my family about the realization of how I learned about all of that. But it is, and I'm, it's interesting because, and I'm with you because I'm at this, my daughter's 10 and you know you want to be open but then you also at this it's this line between like being open and communicating and talking about it but then also not i don't want to like ruin an innocence you know like that's there like this is this fear and that's what we have it's like okay how much do we share how much do we not share and and also what comes through that is that intergenerational right it's the societal it's the programming it's the different things and also as i continue to evolve taking some of the steps that you've gifted through this conversation is really just knowing your body and loving your body and understanding your body and just what a gift it is bodies come in all different shapes sizes everything but there's no one that has you know this body that i have right that is mine that is um a gift to me and yeah so much like thought around all of that but yeah no i agree with you and now i work with young kids i work with i mean i changed careers and followed my curiosity and you know i had desired to have another child and that didn't work out so i think that god directed me to be with other people's children and that's and we talked about clown doctoring i think that's why um, I've, I've been gifted to allow to see children at their most vulnerable and give them joy when they need it. And so, you know, the, world, the, the universe has its magic. It does have its magic. And speaking of um, love, I know, isn't that your word of the year this year? Yes, it is love. Yeah, love, 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 love all around. Love of your body, love of yourself, love of your future child, love of your future mate love of all things joyful and um your comedy so what's up next for you what do, what do you have coming up next on your on your on the horizon for you yeah so um sunny side up ba- uh, sunny side up is my comedy festival show that i'm sort of taking around australia for four months i really do feel that it has legs internationally for next year um i'm, I'm just gonna see how i am with the show and where I am in my journey, people, it, it's kind of like um, a Taylor Swift album. 
I've done five albums already and I feel like, um, yeah, I could do all five shows and you could learn so much about me over five shows. <laughs> um, it's the Eras Tour. But, yeah, I, I think uh, for me I'm constantly in my craft and, you know, being an artist, you don't know when you get a phone call, uh, you know, hey, Diana, can you do this? But And I was hoping that a baby would settle me down, <laughs> like it would stop me. But I also realised I'll probably be bored uh, of it too because my brain's always working and marinating. But, yeah, the I, my love project for the next 12 to, uh, well, I've always said that by the time I'm 40, I will have to conceive a child. And so um, that's a... Yeah, that's that's in the airwaves. I'm putting it into the the world, and I think that's why I'm doing this big travel in June, just so that um, I just feel like in my art career I've given a lot, and I know with a child you give a lot too. So I'm using three to four months to receive love, um, and and whether it be my work or just I just immerse myself in cultures that I not part of but want to learn and so I feel like that's that's going to be really nourishing for me as a human um but yeah if you need to know what I'm doing creative entrepreneur I'm all over the place to be honest <laughs> and I'll be sure to share all of your uh links that you shared in the notes of here for people to follow your journey and to connect with you and see what you're up to and see what you're doing and I mean, this is such a gift for me to be able to speak with a woman like yourself who is sharing a perspective to uh, the fertility journey that is an option and that is out there and that is true and that is real. And I truly hope uh, that in the coming years that uh, we'll be able to talk again and have a different story to share. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I've already got the baby names. I've had the baby names since I was 17. So it better... <laughs> it better happen <laughs> well you know you keep up with the breath work and the visualization and the moving things through your body and learning your body it's all one divine breadcrumb that's le leading you to your destiny for sure yes putting it out there Putting it out there, absolutely. Well, I am just truly grateful for you coming on and sharing this space with me and this energy and the conversation that we've shared. And I really appreciate. Thank you, Alison. Thanks for having me on. And I'm so glad we could do it in between my comedy touring. So it worked. Exactly, exactly. And you're my first guest from Australia. I mean, amazing. <laughs> Awesome. For all those who are listening, please like, subscribe, share with somebody who is on their fertility journey, on their spiritual awakening journey, so that we can meet, reach more women and men and those that are on their path to uh, creation, for sure, and evolution and moving into their best life possible. So thank you so much, Diana, again. Thank you to everybody for listening, and we will talk to you soon.